Blog Talk Radio. Fantasy Sports and Politics. You want to talk back? You in the right place. So take a step back before I get all up in your face. I know you got to live. You know I got mine. But there's like 50 other dudes holding on the phone line. Your voice will be heard, sir. Next caller, please. And if I don't concur, we can agree to disagree. We're talking fantasy sports and Blah, blah, blah. No, reportedly the individual 
after shooting Joe McKnight, walked up on him and pumped three or four more rounds in him to make sure he was dead. A 54-year-old male. I'm not going to get into, if you don't know the story, I'm not going to get into, you know, race or anything like that. But, you know, this stand your ground law is what bothers me. Now, how does this affect what I said at the top, where you have your thinkers, your doers, and decision makers? Well, a lot of athletes are highly emotional. They are. And when they leave the sport, some of them don't know how to just continue to uh, be a regular person because for all their life, all they've known is to play football, be a great football player or basketball player, whatever it is, and da-da-da-da-da. I'm not saying Joe McKnight brought this upon himself at, at all. But there are times where we as people, we as people need to learn how to uh, simply think as opposed to just do. And I'm learning that because I'm one of those people that like to do a lot. I try my best to think through everything. I really do. What gets into a person's brain, and this, again, is not about Joe McKnight. It's about people in general. What gets into a person's brain where they decide, I, I'm so mad that I got to kill somebody or I got to shoot somebody. Now, mind you, this is not the first time this same gentleman who shot and killed Joe McKnight had road rage issues. I believe it was uh, about a year or two ago in the exact same intersection or exact same place where this same individual was charged with road rage. So, I don't know if it's because he likes to, you know, argue with people or whatever, but it just so happens that Joe McKnight, a star in the state of Louisiana, was gunned down, killed in a traffic incident, road rage, by some guy who felt empowered to do so. Whether or not it it was from, you know, previous experiences or whatever the case may be, senseless violence. And as NFL players, as football players, basketball players, whatever sport you may play or athletic thing you might do, You're still human. You are still human. And it doesn't matter to anyone outside of your sport who you are unless they followed your career because they don't know you and they don't care. We have a situation in our country where people are like political correctness is not needed. Well, you know what? This is one example of political correctness being needed. Especially when you have someone who's about to take the office of the presidency of the United States breaching protocol. Now, granted, yeah, it's the first time somebody did it in decades. Cool. That's great. But what's the implication of that? There's a lot of people in this world that do first, think second. 
They do first and think second, which is the the theme of the people that are 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 doing these types of issues in our world. And I, for one, I'm 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 gonna have to deal with it for a while. I am, but uh, that's my. My information I want to talk about as far as uh, political issues and stuff like that. I see I got my man JKT Money and my other guy, the Joker, on the line. So let me bring him in real quick. Uh, as I get ready to talk about week 13 or 14 for most teams in the National Football League, JT and Jeff, welcome to the show. Just hey, call Vic, me hey, L. Jerry, what's up? Go ahead, Jerry. What'd you say? Just call you what? Just call me L double A. Loser with an attitude. No. <laughs> you, you, saw, you, saw, you saw what I put out there, right? You saw what oh. I put out there, right? Laid and wake. I thought it's laid and awake. Oh, laid and awake. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was easy with an attitude. That's what I thought you were getting to. That's an inside joke, people. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> but but we're gonna keep it moving because today today was my wife's birthday, and uh, well, I'm up happy doing birthday. this. Happy yeah. birthday is your happy birthday. Azure, Azure, not is your. You old fogey. Azure. Azure. Yeah. Yes. I will do that. But it was yesterday for us, today for you guys. But anyway, um, let's get into this into this week here. Uh, first of all, nice to hear both of you guys. Uh, maybe Jeff more so than Jerry, but <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> let's jump right into it. Kansas City travels to Atlanta. Um, now, last week, last week, both these teams, uh, they came out with victories. Kansas City came out with a victory off of a uh, clunker uh, kick off the field goal in overtime that almost ended in a tie. That would have been a record, I believe, three ties in one NFL season. Uh, modern day era, I believe, but it didn't happen. And Atlanta, Atlanta did not look super good, but they won. So what's what's happening here? I'm gonna open the floor up to Jerry. Nah, nah, nah. Since he's late and awake, I'm opening up the floor with uh, Jeff, my cafilta fish yeah. buddy. <laughs> yeah. I- I hate ties, but I mean, to me, it used to be there'd be a tie in the NFL roughly one every other year. For this season, there seems to be a slight increase. Um, Like I said, once every other year sounds about right to me. And, you know, before the NFL started overtime, because prior to that, they only had overtime for the playoff games. Prior to that, there were, um, you know, a lot more ties. Uh, and that's why they uh, they put in uh, the sudden death overtime. I mean, the new 
overtime format is okay with, you know, uh, last licks or whatever. Um, I just, I'll tell you though, as much as I hate ties, I hate the college football overtime format because that, that's a joke. That's like a shootout or something. And, uh, it's so, it's so stupid for, for decades, college football had no overtime, not even for bowl games, which is beyond stupid, you know, cause the bowl games are supposed to mean something. And then they wait all those years. And then when they finally come up with overtime, they got some stupid shootout. It's like, it's, it's football, American football. It's not soccer. Um, Getting back to Joe McKnight, um, that's a real tragedy. And you know what? Unless there's some proof otherwise, I I assume that Joe McKnight was innocent because, you know, I heard some guy called up on the New York radio because, you know, McKnight played for the Jets for a few years, so uh, people are familiar with him. And uh, some genius calls up and says, wow, it takes two to tango. Sometimes it doesn't. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes yep. you could be minding your own business and doing the right thing, and some a-hole is looking for trouble. And I'm not going to assume that Joe McKnight did something to provoke that. And, uh, you know, the, the thing is, in this country, there's a lot of uh, – the, the laws vary a lot from state to state, especially when it comes to guns. Uh, I mean, I've heard of this stand-your-ground nonsense um, – you know, I get, it was it big in the news a few years ago with uh, Zimmerman killing a kid who was holding a bag of Skittles and an iced tea, I think. Um, ridiculous. Unless McKnight was coming at him, he had no reason uh, to shoot him. You know, uh, it's on your ground doesn't mean, oh, some guy cuts you off and you get to pop a cap. Uh, I'm not, I, I don't get it. And I really didn't like... I think he was the the, the sheriff, um, you know, in Louisiana. I really didn't like what he was saying. I mean, he he I just and he said, you know, I, I can understand if he would have just said, "Don't believe the media," okay. But he said, "Only believe what myself and my colleagues say." Uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> Nah. It's like, cause you know what. He's not God. You know, he's just some stupid redneck pretending to be a cop. Okay? So, but when he said that, it was a it was a bit much. And, you know, I'll tell you, you know, things are different in Louisiana. I'm not making any excuses for anybody, but they don't even – even little things because they don't call them counties. They call them parishes. I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a minor little thing, but, you know. Um, but, but the bottom line is uh, a, a young man gets killed for – uh, it, it seems for, you know, no no reason, you know, and it's, it's uh, uh, I'll tell you, after they investigate the case, somebody needs to investigate these uh, stupid cops down there. I don't, I don't get it because, I mean, even an accidental shooting for here, you're going to get locked up. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, they released the guy um, shortly after this, and the report right now is that it doesn't seem like it's a hate crime. Um, it might not be. And I'm not going to say it is because the guy might have some mental issues or some anger issues because he's already been cited once at the exact same spot for road rage. So, I mean, I'm not going to put it on race, but uh, I didn't hear the quote from the sheriff. Uh, I understand what he meant by the quote, 
But it, it, if that's what he said, it came out kind of, you know, omnipresent, which isn't the case because um, there's a lot of stuff that can be said and done. Um, and people are going to, especially certain type of media folks on certain channels that now feel empowered that they can say and do what they want and it's, it's right. Um, they're going to probably say, well, you know what? Joe McKnight had a history of da-da-da-da-da, and maybe he did. No, just they. these are the same people that always say don't rush to judgment when there's a killing. But these are the same people that are willing to blame the victim nine times out of ten when the victim happens to be a person of, of a different ethnicity. But again, I don't want to make this a black or white thing. I really don't. What I want to make it about is the is the fact that we've got uh, a senseless killing because people aren't thinking. They are simply just doing. And that isn't right in any way, shape, or form. Whether it's on the gridiron, on the court, in the octagon, whatever the case may be. But uh, I want to move I know Jerry wants to say something about it, but I want to transition into the Kansas City-Atlanta game. But go ahead, Jerry. The Chiefs are 8-3 and three and they quite naturally are 4-2 and two on the road. 7-4 the Falcons, 3-2 and two at home. You see, I'm transitioning to the game because uh, I'd rather not comment right now. Um, let's see how it plays out before I actually comment on it. Um, and, and we're talking about a Kansas City Chiefs that came out a big, huge win against a division rival um, that uh, is going against a top offense. And quite naturally, the Atlanta Falcons are coming off a um, um, win and uh, are a, uh, going up against a top defense. Um, this is a classic matchup. I'm anxious to see this because I, I this this is going to tell a tale for both these teams if uh, they can sit, consistently can win against opponents. Um, Kansas City, the next uh, five opponents are at Atlanta, home against Oakland, who's a division rival, quite naturally, and maybe for the division or uh, just get one close one game closer to um, um, to Oakland, who's leading the division. Home against Tennessee, home against Denver. Uh, they got three straight after they hit Atlanta. They got three straight home games. Two of them against uh, division opponents, and they wound up uh, on the road against another division opponent. So this is not an easy road for uh, Kansas City. So they need this game just as bad as uh, Atlanta uh, needs it because Atlanta is going up against um, uh, quite naturally at home against Kansas City. Then they go on the road. Against a lesser opponent, uh, in uh, but a very good defense in um, L.A. In L.A., then they uh, stay on the West Coast. No, excuse me. Come back home and play San Francisco. Then they play the last two games against the division rivals: one at Carolina and one new at uh, one at home in New Orleans. So they have a mixed bag of two and two after today, or tomorrow, I should say, of two home games and two uh, road games. Um, Two of them against the last two against division opponents, so they need this game very barely. Um, and each each team is going to be uh, scraping to get a win. Very very tough. 
this is to me it's a, a toss up uh in this game. Um I, I and when it's a toss up and I think it's pretty even, uh I would have to side with the um Atlanta to pull this game out. But it wouldn't surprise me if Kansas City won it. But uh I think Atlanta's win this game. All right. Um I I tell you like this. Atlanta has been wildly inconsistent on defense. Wildly. Yeah. And uh, Kansas City, we know what you're going to get. Although, as of late, Tyreek Hill, for whatever reason, has gotten to the end zone, has been exploding all over the place in the passing game. Uh, Travis Kelsey is also um, maintaining his superiority as a top tight end. Um, Spencer Ware though he has not been a fantastic find, he's been suitable in replacing Jamal Charles. I, I really believe even though Charles had his uh, setback or whatever, next year he'll be back, and that'll be his job uh, until until um, the Chiefs draft his replacement because I don't think Spencer Ware has done enough to keep that job, in my opinion. Um, is that Alex? I, as I said, I believe it's Alex Smith. Believe it or not, who's been winning these games, um, along with the special teams and stuff like that. Uh, looking at last week's game versus Denver, Kansas City, their defense was swarming around Simeon to the fact that Simeon is going to be out this week. He's uh, Paxton Lynch is playing. I think uh, having Demarius Thomas and and uh, and Sanders is a lot better than just having Gabriel and Julio Jones. But the trigger man is the difference. The trigger man. Because I believe Booker and Devontae Freeman are fairly equal, except I think uh, Freeman is a lot faster. Um, with that being said, I got Kansas City winning this game, no doubt. Jeff, who do you think is going to win? Ooh, this this is a tough one. Um, you know, um, what, what's the spread? I guess Atlanta's probably uh, uh, three and a half. Uh, three and a half, yeah. Which you get three just for being the home team. I'll tell you though, the uh, uh, Atlanta defense is pretty generous. I think this might be like the uh, shootout of the week. And um, the Atlanta defense uh, gives up a lot to quarterbacks. So uh, uh, in my one league, I'm a little challenged at the QB position. So uh, I've been platooning uh, Alex Smith and uh, um, Ryan Tannehill. Uh, fortunately, <laughs> I have, I'm strong at my other positions. But uh, great matchup for Alex Smith. Great week to start him. But uh, there's a lot of guys that are good fantasy starts. Uh, uh, Spencer Ware is a good start. Um, uh, Travis Kelsey, uh, you know, the tight end position is very dependent on matchups. And, uh, you know, the uh, uh, Atlanta defense gives up a lot to tight ends. And, uh, you know, so there's a lot of fantasy-relevant guys in this uh, game. All right. Well, let's move on. Since you brought up Ryan Tannehill, let's talk about him going against that Baltimore defense. Now, Baltimore's defense isn't the problem. They're actually pretty good. It's Baltimore's offense. You've got Joe Flacco. 
Mike Wallace, uh, uh, Steve Smith, Amir Aiken, uh Dennis Pitta. But you notice I'm, I'm not talking about the running backs. Kenneth Dixon is, is going to take, in my opinion, that starting job next year. Right now, it's him, uh, Terrence, and Terrence West. And Terrence West has been losing time to Dixon, uh, especially in the passing attack. But that's, that's the problem. They have no running game whatsoever. And Miami's defense, with all that money they've spent on defense, has turned it around. And I'm going to tell you, the person that, that's the difference on the Miami defense, Kiko Alonso. Kiko Alonso has been the difference. A middle linebacker has been able to take all that talent that's up front and put it to good use. He shoots the gaps. He does the things he needs to do. And that's going to be the difference in this game. Miami is hot right now. It's not because Tannehill is so great or because uh, Jay Ajayi is burning up the, the field like he was in the beginning. It's not because Devontae Parker or Kenny Stills or any of those guys are, are, are being fantastic, but Parker is uh, the deep threat guy. He's, he's Mr. 20 yards and over. Uh, but it looks like he, he's not going to play this week. Um, but I believe Miami's going to win this game. Uh, they are on the road. Baltimore plays good at home. Not great, but good. So we shall see um, what happens. But I've got Miami winning this game. JT? Dolphins are 7-4. and four. They're on a six-game winning streak, only two and three at home. I mean, only two and three on the road. Ravens are six and five, four and two at home, and have one of the top defenses in, in the NFL, especially against the run. Uh, I think this is a no-brainer for me. Maybe it's probably a low-scoring game, um, probably in the mid-teens, somewhere around that. I think uh, Baltimore... Um, I'm not a really a, a, a believer of Ryan Tannehill. I know he's been playing well of late. But look at the teams that he's played against and the defenses he's played against. Buffalo, the Jets, San Diego, L.A., San Francisco. Um, this is the best defense out of all those games that he's played, and including Pittsburgh. This is all the games they won. They won. This is the best defense they played out of all those teams that they, they, they went up against. Um, and I think uh, uh, Ryan Tannehill, who can be, uh, can implode very quickly, is going to have that happen to him in Baltimore. I like Baltimore a lot in this game. Okay. Jeffrey? If I had to pick somebody, I think I'd go with um... – Miami because they're hot. Um, uh, I'll tell you, uh, uh, Jay Ajahi's been playing great, but uh, the Baltimore run defense is very good. But uh, it's hard to sit Ajahi. You figure just on sheer volume, uh, he should get uh, enough fantasy points. And, uh, you know, there's Baltimore offense is not that terrific. I think uh, now – uh, with uh, Gronk out, 
um, some guys might be looking to pick up. The, I think Dennis Pitt is available in some leagues, and he's an okay start this week. But uh, hey, if, if you're gonna if you were gonna roll the dice with Gronk, you should have had a backup tight end already lined up. Um, and uh, Jerry and I were talking on Thursday, but neither one of us was big on you know drafting uh, Gronk early because uh, just too much injury risk. And uh, as great as he is, mm-hmm. he's a tight end, and you take take a tight end in the early rounds to put you behind the eight ball at the other position. So, uh, mm-hmm. but I'll, I'll tell you though, uh, I mean, he's getting recognition, but uh, look at Jay Ajahi. Uh, he started off the first game of the season. Uh, he was a healthy scratch and then boom, you know, he, he's turned into a top 10 running back and uh, uh, good, good for him. You know? Uh, okay. Well, um, I really believe, and I already stated who I thought was going to win the game, um, that it, it's going to be a very close game. Like Jerry said, I just think Miami's going to come out on top because I think they're just a better overall team. Moving on to another game where it, some people m- might think, well, who cares? And I'm going to tell you, fantasy lovers are going to care about this game. San Francisco goes to Chicago. The reason why I say fantasy lovers are going to love this game is because Colin Kaepernick is going to have a very good game at the quarterback position, whether he's running or passing against Chicago's defense. Uh, Jeremy Lankford and and uh, Howard, they should feast on the surprisingly weak run defense of San Francisco. Um, now, Eddie Royal... And anybody else that's going to catch a ball from, I believe, uh, McNown. No, it's not McNown. Matt, nope, Matt Barkley. Matt Barkley. Um, you know, they're valuable, too, because San Francisco's defense, again, is rather weak. But at the same time, um, San Francisco has a good running game with Carlos Hyde. And if Carlos... Uh, gets loose in that secondary with Danny Trevathan gone uh, at the middle linebacker position, it's, it's going to be tough to bring that, that guy down. Um, Jeremy Curley has become the guy, and not uh, Smith or anybody else out there in San Francisco. Uh, Vance McDonald looks like he might even have a very good game. Uh, honestly, he was one of the guys coming into the season that I thought was going to do well. Him and um, Cleveland's Bartell, not Bartell, uh, uh, I can't remember his Cleveland's uh, tight end name, uh, Cambridge or Bambridge or something like that. Barnage. Barnage, thank you. Were thought to be, you know, some sleeper tight end picks. Neither have produced, but I think um, Vance McDonald is going to do well this week against that terrible secondary of Chicago. Um, I'm picking San Fran to win this game. Uh, defense, I don't think it's going to be a lot of it. That's why I call it a fantasy uh, feast. But let's hear what, uh, what Jeff has to say, then Jerry. This game matters for three reasons. Fantasy football, point spreads and gambling, and the 2017 NFL draft, because uh, if uh, 
the Niners, they lose this one. They're they're uh, helping secure that they're going to get the number one pick. Um, I'll tell you, I, I'm still scratching my head about uh, the Niners hiring Chip Kelly. I don't know if they're going to keep him. They bring in a new coach. I think that'll give them the fourth head coach in four years. Um, the uh, Niners defense has been very generous. Um, so uh, if you got Jordan Howard, uh, he's emerged as the guy with the, among the Chicago running backs. I think we're going into the season. He, that looked like a real committee situation, but uh, sometimes, you know, the cream rises. But I'll tell you, those uh, Bears receivers, you know, uh, it's a cliche, but those guys can't catch a cold. So uh, uh, I don't know about which guys to start. I mean, that, that's that got to be tough for Matt Barkley, you know. I mean, you finally get your chance to start, and guys are dropping passes all over the place. Um, I mean, Carlos Hyde. He he's okay, but he he's a guy for fantasy. I just thought has been uh, very overrated the past two years, you know, in in the drafts, and uh, you know his inability to stay healthy and stay productive. I I don't think he's too terrific, but uh, I'll tell you, uh, a guy is, is Tory Smith still play for uh, San Francisco? He's People in the thought by the ball. Yeah, I saw him on a milk carton, you know. Um, uh, you know, I think he was a popular deep sleeper in uh, drafts, and that guy, you know, believe me, I saw him play in Baltimore. He was nothing terrific, but uh, yeah, he he really has uh, disappointed. So, yeah, uh, kind of a, you know, this isn't the Super Bowl. This game's the toilet bowl. All righty, JT. Niners are coming on a 10-game losing streak, coming in to face the Bears, who are 2-9. and nine. Niners are 1-10. and 10. Um, Bears are only 2-3 and three at home. And uh, the only thing redeeming about this, somebody's got to win this game. Not really, but, I, I, you know, I really expect this game to be high scoring for the simple reason. Um, I think uh, San Francisco's defense is worse than Chicago's. Um, and uh, Chicago's defense, believe it or not, it, um, against the quarterback and running back is in either top 10 or top 15. Against the wide receiver is their their weakness. The, the weakness of the the um, San Francisco is a passing game with Colin Kaepernick, who's not an accurate um, quarterback. Uh, this is this is like I said, this is the high scoring game. To me, because of the quality of defensive players, I think it's going to um, not shine in this. It's all, all about offense, um, and uh, I'd have to pick. Wow, wow! You know what? I'm going with Chicago. I think Chicago pulls this one out um, because of. Uh, they have the better offensive players, be, be, believe it or not, and San Francisco have the worst defense. So I like Chicago uh, winning their third game at home and going to 3-9, and nine, and the Niners continuing their losing streak and go at 1-11. All right. Well, let's talk about a game that uh, beginning of the season or leading into the season, uh, I thought it would be a good one, but 
I don't think it's going to be that good now. I'm talking about Philadelphia visiting Cincinnati. A.J. Green, doubt for the play. Giovanni Bernard, out. Out. Uh, Carson Wentz, he, he shrinks in the second quarter or third quarter. I'm not sure what's, what's going on. They benched a uh, Nelson Aguilar last week. He didn't even suit up, and I thought he was going to play. Their number one receiver. That, that was crazy to me, but I guess they need to teach him a lesson. Um, here's the deal. Philly can score. Philly can play defense. But at some point, Philly does break up um, and, and, and falls apart for whatever reason. Cincinnati, they play tough all game long, but just come out on the short end of the stick. Um, Jeremy Hill, a definite must play in this game. Tyler Eifert, definite. Uh, but where's Tosh Boyd at? Where's all these other guys that that need to show up for Cincinnati? I don't know. It's a home game. That's the only reason why I'm going to give Cincinnati the win. They haven't won a game in the past month. Think about that. The Bengals have gone winless in the past month. I think that changes. Uh, and Philly starts to continue down that, that slope of trying to figure out how to uh, play 60 minutes of football. Peterson came out looking good as a head coach. He still does, but his problem started, in my opinion, when the running game started to become less and less important. But uh, that's just me. Or effective, I should say. Less important and less effective. But let's start off with JT and go to uh, Jeff on this. Go ahead. I don't know, man. I'm, this is another one of these games that can go either way. Uh, both these teams are, wow, Eagles are 5-6 and six on a two-game losing streak and only only won one game out of six on the road versus the Bengals who consistently find ways to lose each and every week. 3-7-1, and 2-2 and two and two at home. Um, Marvin Lewis, I'd be surprised. I extru- would be extremely surprised if Marvin Lewis survives this season at the end of the year. I think this is his swan song. I think he's out of here. Um, I think he's pretty much lost the team, and uh, um, things have felt falling apart uh, despite the injuries. They they, they still will lose it despite the injuries, and um, I think uh, this team needs to be retooled, including with the coaching staff. Um, But I think they pull out a win here because I think uh, the ineptitude of the offense on in Philly, on especially on the road, uh, is going to be their downfall in this game. So I'm going to take Cincinnati in, in a squeaker. Jeff, you know, um, yeah, this this looks like an ugly game. But um, if I if I had to pick a winner, it'd be Cincinnati because they still have some talent despite the two major injuries and uh, they're at home and they have the veteran quarterback and uh, you know, Wentz in Philly, he looked good for a little while, but I guess he hit the wall and it just goes to show you how difficult the NFL could be for a rookie quarterback. And, you know, Dak Prescott, who has looked terrific at times, he's the exception. 
You know, they, it, most rookie quarterbacks spend a lot of time looking a lot like Carson Wentz. And, you know, I mean, he, I don't think he's a bum or anything like that. But, you know, he's he's taking his lumps. And, uh, you know, maybe next year or the year after, he'll be uh, an excellent quarterback. And, uh, hey, he was, you know, playing uh, Southwest Montana State last year. I mean, he, he's playing the big boys now. Uh, you know, for fantasy, I think there's some deep sleepers on Cincinnati. Um, you know, maybe uh, the Philly pass defense isn't that great. Maybe Tyler Boyd or Brandon LaFell could have a could have a good game. Um, you know, Philly's got a lot of injuries too. Uh, Ryan Matthews is hurt, but that's kind of a constant. <laughs> you know, that guy. Uh, with all due respect, not the most durable running back in the NFL. So. Uh, you know, if you're desperate for a running back, uh, Darren Sproles or uh, Wendell Smallwood for Philly, maybe. Um, and, uh, you know, Zach Ertz might be available in some leagues. Uh, it's a good good week to start him. All right. Well, on to my money-making game of the week, because I'll make money at the end of this game. Ain't that right, Jerry? Houston goes to Green Bay. So, okay. uh, oh, our, our it's our bet, buddy. Once they lose this game, they're not going to win enough for you to have your your prediction. And I'll win, dude. They're not going to win four of these last five. It's Neither not going to happen. We're going to break even. Nah. <laughs> nah. Yes, sir. Nah. Yes, sir. Nah, nah. We had it both ways, and you know that. Because I listen, I listened to that to that specific program. I think it was on June 11th, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. <laughs> Good. I was waiting Andy. for you because I knew it was coming up sooner or later. Uh huh. Uh huh. Specifically to that episode, June June 11th, if I'm not mistaken, June 11th, June 10th. Something like that it was on a Saturday in June. So, well, ladies and gentlemen, we, as you know, Jerry likes to flap his gums about his Texans, and they're going to yes, come sir. up short. They are going to come up short, and Mister FSPD is going to have some money in his pocket. Believe that. You're not listening to me. If, if worst scenarios, we're going to break even. I keep telling you the same thing. Worst, worst scenario. Best for me is I win. But if 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 Indianapolis doesn't win nine games, then we break even because that was what it was. Well, Indianapolis is, is going to do. Indianapolis is going to do. They're going to do. Yeah, they're worse. Their their team is worse than the Texans. So I got I got that. But but they're okay. they're going to get nine games. They're going to get nine games. Okay. Yeah, okay. You keep believing that. Andrew Luck is going to pull it out for him. But let's and move I'll on. Show you, I'll show you a ra- rainbow with a leprechaun with a pot of gold, too. How's that? <laughs> you will. <laughs> I got to get that Franklin. All right. So Houston goes to Green Bay. Green Bay uh-huh. found a way to win last week. Um, now, listen, ladies and gentlemen, what I'm telling you about this game is Christian Michael, if you didn't grab him, grab him. There's no reason to get Christian Michael if you believe in James Starks. Last weekend, you saw that James Starks had 
plenty of opportunities to run. I think he ran maybe 11, 12 times. That's not plenty. I got it. But who do they bring in on short yardage? Who do they bring in when they wanted to pound the rock a little better? Christian Michael. He's the type of back that Aaron Rodgers needs in order to um, to do well. And I believe that he, along with not Jordy Nelson, not even Randall Cobb, but Devontae Adams and Ty Montgomery. Devontae Adams and Ty Montgomery are the two receivers that you have Green Bay for whatever reason. I don't know why Jordy Nelson isn't getting the love that he normally gets, but he's not. Uh, Christian Michael is the guy that I believe is going to uh, not push Green Bay to the playoffs because I don't think they're going to the playoffs. But I think he's going to be the guy that, that gets to keep that job. Um, with that being said, uh, I do believe, I do believe that Houston loses this game yet again, yet again. So, Mr. Uh, no, I'm going to let Jerry be last on it. Uh, I need to hear from Jeff. Jeffrey? Yeah. Um, I'll tell you. Uh, I was wondering earlier this week if uh, the Packers uh, peaked, you know, is, uh, has Rodgers peaked, uh, has the NFL maybe started to figure out that offense because it's been one of the best for a long time. Uh, but uh, Green Bay's a home, and, you know, Aaron Rodgers had a little difficulty, but Brock Osweiler is, is atrocious. And, yes. you know, you, you got to, you know, you got to have a, a, a great quarterback to win in the NFL, but paying a mediocre guy the big bucks doesn't make him a great quarterback. And uh, I'm not a big fan of John Elway. As a person, I mean, he was a great player, but this is a long story because he was one of the guys who ran the Arena League into the ground and, and some other stuff. But I'll tell you, I, I got to give him credit as an executive. He realized, hey, I can't overpay Osweiler. I got a, I got a running game. I got a great defense. We'll get by with other guys at quarterback instead of, you know, having a – he would have had to let guys go to fit Osweiler under the cap. So, uh, But I think it's uh, six points which uh, don't know if the pack will cover. Um, but uh, it might it might be ugly. I mean, for fantasy, it's a little complicated with the uh, Green Bay running back situation. I'll tell you, you want to talk about a guy in a milk carton, what happened to Randall Cobb, you know? Um, I don't and, know. And what happened to De- DeAndre Hopkins, you know? And if I'm ever missing, I, I want to be on a six-pack of Heineken, not a milk carton. Oh, my goodness. Well, JT, that's a good question. What has happened to DeAndre Hopkins? I know for Dorowitz, uh, I mean, that should make Jerry, uh, Jeff happy that for Dorowitz is doing well for the Texans. <laughs> but Lamar Miller, not so much. Brock Osweiler, not so much. DeAndre Hopkins, not so much. What's going on with your team, JT? It has to do with one guy, and Jeff said it when he said he stunk, and his initials spell that out. B O. 
Oh, no, 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 no. You don't get to put him down after propping him up all this time. Wait a minute, uh-uh. wait a minute. Yes, I you got to ride or die. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You, you, you have nerve to talk when you either, <laughs> either pump him up or put him down in uh, Kirk Cousins. So don't oh. even go there and tell me what I can't oh, do. Oh, no, I said team. he stunk. I don't said he stunk. Go, yeah, I okay. said he, he had stunk. stunk. Stunk and, and, and you and you dogged me when I picked him up in a fantasy league, and he's been balling out. So um, and, and he's going to be your franchise quarterback regardless if you I hope or, or guys like you don't like him because Kirk Cousins has grown more into the position than I think Brock Osweiler will ever grow into the, his position. Um, and I think Kirk Cousins' upside is a lot more than Brock Osweiler, believe it or not. And that's I agree. I agree. That's that's a lot for me to say. That I've watched each and every game of the Houston Texans, and I I can honestly say um, it was a extremely bad investment. Um, I don't know how they get themselves out of this. I don't think they can um, uh, because it's seventy two million dollars worth that they got this guy for, and uh, C J. Fedorowicz is the only one benefited from it because the best friend, I've always said this, the best friend of a young quarterback is the tight end. Safe throw right in the middle of the uh, field, um, right in the line of sight, and most of the time it's an easy throw. Um, with uh, DeAndre Hopkins, um, he was balling out with a, a plethora of quarterbacks last year and years before that. Um, but Brock Osweiler has definitely taken the value away from him. Uh, you know what? I would rather play Will Fuller over over DeAndre Hopkins, and that's saying a lot because I think he's got a better re- rapport with Will Fuller than he does have with uh, DeAndre Hopkins, even though Will Fuller hasn't been that healthy. But when he's healthy, it seems like he's got a better rapport with him. Uh, in this game, uh, for those you guys that don't know it, Jadavian Clowney is out. He will not play in this game. He's dealing with um, ankle and, uh, excuse me, wrist and elbow issues. Didn't even travel with the team. That's one of the best pass rushers. Uh, there is no way in all God's creation that I can pick my team to win this game, especially playing in Green Bay, especially when the Texans are 1-4 and four on the road. Um, and, and they're playing in Lambeau Field where it's going to be cold uh, as hell and a typical um, Packer uh, winter game. Green Bay wins this game. All right, all right, all right. Let's move on. Now, here's an interesting game. To me, it wasn't going to be that interesting, but now when you have uh, the starting quarterback of the Denver Broncos out and Paxton Lynch in going against that. And it's not bad. It's not bad. Um, it's bad. Jacksonville Jaguar defense. Now, I know Paxton Lynch has a big arm. I don't know if he's going to throw the ball to Sanders and Thomas because I know that uh, Simeon wasn't doing it, at least not deep anyway. Um, it, it's interesting that they're going to go to Jacksonville and play Jacksonville. 
I think Brock Osweiler, uh, not Brock Osweiler. Um, what's my guy's name? Um, uh, Broyles. Broyles has struggled as of late this year. Um, is going to struggle some more. I really think he is. Um, that Denver defense is pretty good. They're the only reason why Denver stays in games, not because their offense is so high-powering. Now, remember, even with the threat of Peyton Manning, though he's not the same, people were scared of that of that Denver offense because of what Peyton Manning could do. Peyton might not have gone deep all the time, but Peyton made good decisions with the ball, except last year he had a lot of interceptions, a lot of turnovers. But the fact that the legend of Peyton Manning exists helped Denver. You don't have that. You don't have that with Lynch or or anybody else right now for Denver. Um, Now, I'm going to pick Denver, but I'm going to tell you right now, do not be surprised if Denver loses this game and Jacksonville wins. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. So with that being said, I'm telling you, uh, with Chris Ivory out, uh, TJ Yeldon gets another shot at it. But Denard Robinson is going to be uh, doing some stuff there as well. Uh, Alan Hearns is out. So that means Alan Robinson and Marquise Lee are going to have more opportunities. Uh, Julius Thomas, I believe, is is a game time decision. I don't know what to tell you. Other than, other than, it's a long, lonely road for this game. I wouldn't want to watch it. I'm probably no. going to watch it, but it's not something I would want to, to actually go watch. I'm going to pick Denver, but don't be surprised if Jacksonville wins. Um, JT, then Jeff. This is probably one of the worst games to watch. In my opinion, if you're playing fantasy, and this is probably the only thing fantasy I'm going to tell you uh, other than uh, I mean, t- this, uh, today, uh, tune in tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, the master plan where I break down every team and players on each fantasy uh, roster that I think uh, studs, duds, the sleepers, and some waiver wire pickups that that to go, we're going into the uh, last week of the regular season and into the playoffs. Uh, that's 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, master plan. I'm telling you here and now, because the quality of quarterback play is probably going to be the worst of all the games that we see, you got a rookie quarterback going against a very a, a team in Jacksonville who plays better at home. These guys, both these guys, always heard me tell them that Jacksonville plays better at home. Um, they do have a better defense, and what they're one of the better teams against the quarterback and wide receiver in fantasy, and preventing fantasy points against a rookie quarterback who's starting the second game on the road. And and Jacksonville is going up against, uh, uh, um, um, I mean, Denver is going up against Blake Bortles, who's a turnover waiting to happen. Play Denver's defense. Play Jacksonville's defense. I like Jacksonville in this game. Jeffrey. Well, um, I'll tell you, it, uh, Denver's still got – very strong defense. It's hard to go against that. Um, unfortunately, uh, putting in um, the rookie Lynch, a quarterback, uh, does hurt. Um, 
the uh, prospects for that offense, especially when you're thinking about fantasy. But uh, I think, you know, I, well, I, I assume they uh, tone down the game plan, you know, or they roll back the game plan a little, keep it simple for uh, Lynch. Um, you know, it's funny because uh, I wonder who's going to be the quarterback in Denver next year. But you know, this is this year, so they gotta they gotta deal with this year. Um, oh, and um, Fedorowicz, I don't think he's Jewish. But you know, you you can't always tell from uh, you know Google and Wikipedia and whatever. But uh, there used to be a really good site, Jewhu.com, and they outed all the celebrity Jews. And oh my goodness! <laughs> I I swear it was the best, and they, it was very accurate because a lot of internet could be very inaccurate. But now there's other sites. There's one Jew or not Jew, um, and it's funny. Oh there's goodness. some guys based on their their looks maybe which I, I I get it but I don't get it and based on their name people think they're Jewish and they're not like um the actor Jason Biggs who was in American Pie I uh, maybe it's cuz he played a Jewish character I I assumed he was MOT well that's you know member of the tribe nope <laughs> uh, and also he's from New York so if you know you talk with a New York accent people think you might be you know, and there's been a lot of people like that, you know, um, but but uh, Fedorowicz, uh, he's playing pretty well, but uh, he's not a Jew. And But there, there's more Jews in the NFL than you think, because we're only about 2% of the population. So you matriculate that over the NFL with, you know, 1,600 players. It's not a lot of guys. We got the Schwartz brothers. There, there's, there's some more, you know, and, you know, some guys, they don't have Jewish last names or they don't want to talk about it, but... Uh, you know, the Schwartz brothers are, are uh, representing for us. Okay, but nothing about the game? <laughs> oh, well, like I said, though, the, the Denver defense, they're going to they're gonna take care of business in uh, Jacksonville. And, uh, you know, it, it stinks if uh, you have uh, the Denver wide receivers because they're probably not going to put up a lot of numbers. But uh, hopefully – you know, the guy you start is the one who'll make a few catches because uh, uh, it's not like they're going to be lighting up the scoreboard. Uh, but you know, in some leagues, you know, it, depending on you know how deep your league is, you know, it's hard to sit in Emmanuel Sanders. It's hard to sit at Demarius Thomas. And uh, you know, I'm waiting for uh, Devontae Booker to uh, to bust out because uh, you know uh, I was really high on him and he's been okay, but his yards per carry and whatever aren't so hot. So uh, who knows? Maybe he'll bust out this week. We'll see. I got to end the show, guys, because uh, we've got 60 seconds. I don't want to go too far into overtime, and we've got a lot of games. But last game I'm going to talk about, as I win the Parlay Palace and continue my dominance, only two-time champion on its way, which is me, Mr. FSP, the in- evil empire. It's, it's not a-, a given yet. You just you may have the best record. And I always say, just because you have oh, the best geez. record, don't mean squat. You get in the well, playoffs. That's the key. You get into right. the playoffs. That's the key. Anything can happen from there. Anything can happen from there. I'm telling you the truth. Anything okay, can happen. Okay. Can I you finish? have the best record, you get knocked out in the first can, round. Can, can I finish? What's, I, 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 I'm not getting out, knocked out the first round because I get a bye week. I get a bye week the first round. But at any rate. Whatever. You know what I'm talking about. At any rate. Last game we're going to talk about before I get out of here. Uh, the Evil Empire hosts the Los Angeles Rams. 
The Rams look terrible. Todd Gurley, to me, has been the biggest top five bust in fantasy this year. Um, and he is what he is. But no Gronk, no Martellus Bennett, uh, a tight end that could have been playing uh, in this game, is now playing and starring in Denver. Uh, but Danny Amendola, uh, Edelman, uh, Lewis, all these names that Jeff Fisher couldn't remember during his conference call are going to show why New England is that much better than they are. Um, so with that being said, I'm picking the evil empire who's hosting the Los Angeles Rams. Um, I don't think the Rams are going to do much. Jared Goff is going to get Bill Belichick, which means blitz, 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 blitz. Um, but that's all I got on that. Real quick, gentlemen, what do you have before we get out of here? Um, I, I, I'll go first. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, it's hard to imagine the the Rams uh, winning this game. I mean, they'll be lucky if they cover the spread. Um, and uh, a rookie quarterback against Belichick. Uh, and he won't just blitz. He'll throw all kinds of funky coverages at, at Goff. And, uh, you know, uh, that this game could get ugly. All I, I agree. To, all, I have, all I have to say is um, two things. Um, I think uh, the Patriots win this game and tune in tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, where I'll be uh, on the master plan breaking down each and every game and relevant fantasy players, studs, studs, sleepers, and waiver wire pickups for your up-and-coming playoff um, games. Um, there are some great players that are possibly sitting on the waiver wire that you may not think of that uh, on sleepers that are going to be playing this week, and it may help you get into the playoffs which last week that you could possibly get into the playoffs. Um, so tune in 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on a Sunday. That's where I'll be. Well, because you won't make the playoffs. This is true. But, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I want to thank my two hosts uh, for jumping in today. Um, I'm about to hit the hay because it's 4 o'clock. It's 4.30 in the morning here. Um I've made my playoffs. Seven leagues, seven playoff appearances. Silence. Old old man. Old man. Old man. Old man. Old man. Hey, hey, hey. Old man. Seven for seven is pretty good. Uh it, it's okay. He ain't he ain't, he ain't gonna do guys, nothing with them anyway. Guys with big shoes. Hello. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good luck with everything else though. Not, but ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, uh, I want to thank you guys for listening to the program. Uh, my guys, who I am very thankful for, six more months of this guy, six more months, and then I'll be back on a regular schedule. I hope, um, but we shall see. Really, really, I hope, I hope because this is this is three o'clock. <laughs> Goodbye, Jerry. Hey Jeff, take care of this dude before I beat him up. Put him, I put him in a high chair so he can see above the couch. All right. Make sure you make sure you do something to get some decent sleep. <laughs> you know what? 
Goodbye, Jerry. <laughs> Jeff. Jeff. Jeffrey. Are you there, Jeff? Yeah, I'm here. Do something to this dude on Thursday. Make sure he he he, he, he stays in line because he hey, Jeff, gets we're way out of line. Full show this Thursday, Jeff. Alrighty, well, you know uh, something you, you mentioned, Vic. I know you're trying to get off the air. Is Martellus Bennett out? Because last I checked, no, he's still he's questionable. No, he's no, questionable. no, no. He's, he's questionable. not out. He's questionable, but I think he's leaning more toward uh, doubtful than questionable. Um, we'll see. Just, just like Tavon Austin is is doubtful, and he's probably not going to play, but. Uh, I, even if Martellus Bennett does play, I don't think he's going to be that effective because of his his lingering issues. But uh, that's just my thoughts. Two ten a.m. Eastern Standard Time when I give you this lowdown. Sunday. Whatever. All right, gentlemen. For my guys, I want to tell you thank you, and you've been listening to Fantasy Sports and Politics. You in a right place, so take a step back before I get all up in your face. I know you got to live, you know what God's mind. But there's like 50 other dudes holding on the phone line. Your voice will be heard, sir. Next caller, please. And if I don't concur, we can agree to disagree. We're talking fantasy, sports, and politics.